Hi, everybody, and welcome back to my podcast. This is David Leibovitz, and you can reach me at my newsletter and stay in touch at davidleibovitz.substack.com. And you can check out my podcast, which is on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and your favorite podcasting platform. And if you like the podcast, feel free to add it to your list of podcasts that you like, (laughs) and you can tune in. This week, I have a very special guest. She's probably one of my oldest friends in Paris. I don't mean in terms of age, but someone who I've known pretty much since I moved here. And we both started online about the same time, which was 1999. And she's nodding her head right now, looking off into the distance. It's Heather Stimler. And Heather has a website called Secrets of Paris and a tour business. You're a food writer. You're a, not a food writer. You're a travel writer. But you write about food. Mm-hmm. We had a Paris pastry app that we designed together, which no longer exists. Sad. Which is sad. Um, <laughs> we, had, we had a little funeral for it, unfortunately. <laughs> but the material exists on my website in various forms. Heather, welcome. Thanks, David. That's all. <laughs> I was expecting this big, long thing about how we met. Um, yeah, so, it's hard to believe it's been that many years. It's funny because yeah. I was thinking about how I met you because mm-hmm. in the old days, and this is like maybe 2003, there weren't a lot of people online yeah. writing about France, about Paris. Mm-hmm. You know, it still was kind of the internet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, people were still shocked. And mm-hmm. I remember, I think I read you were living in Nice. Uh, in Antibes, yeah. In Antibes. Yeah. And I was coming up to Paris to do, well, to write guidebooks. So I was up here probably once every two months or so mm-hmm. and trying to keep up with everything going on. And somehow I reached out to you. And nowadays, when someone reaches out to you, the first thing you do is block them. <laughs> it's like, oh my God, who is this person? Who is um, this person? But I wrote yeah. to you and I don't remember exactly what happened. Oh, I, th- I feel like I might have mentioned your tours because okay. I, I have this weird thing I do. I still do it. I don't know why, but um, I just, I'll find something and I think it's interesting and I'll write about it, but I don't tell the person I'm writing about it. So they, uh-huh. <laughs> it's, it like shows up on the newsletter. And well, that's people, great. Yeah. Well, so I, and I think you might have seen that because you were doing chocolate tours at the time. And right. That was, that was pretty unique back in 2003. Yeah. I was the only one. Yeah. And- I remember someone said, be careful, someone's going to steal it, steal the idea. And I said, well, I don't own the idea of doing tours. Yeah. I just... started doing those in 2004, and you were the See, one. See, you that... still. Yeah. <laughs> you, well, no, no. I didn't... You're the one that gave me the idea. Yeah, some advice on giving tours. Because, um, yeah, I was very enthusiastic in the beginning. And you're like, you have to end the tour when you say the tour is over, because they will just keep following you. Yes. So just keep walking, yes, because they're going to be polite, and then yeah. everyone will be exhausted, and nobody wins. <laughs> Although once I had a tour, and in the middle, and these people, were they're really nice. They go, actually, we kind of just want to go shopping. They just wanted to go buy clothes. They mm-hmm. go, do you mind if we stop? It's <laughs> like, okay. Uh, but, you know, they were super nice. You know, they sure. weren't like, we're bored. Uh, yeah, I'm sure, like like me, you probably went home, and your ego took a small beating. No, I was no, fine. Not, you were fine? Yeah, I like I like when people are like, well, you know, people are on yeah. vacation. They're here yeah. for a week. Yeah. You know, especially, like, you've probably seen this, too. You have parents with children, mm-hmm. and the children have a limited amount of interest. Yeah. And they kind of want to, like, you know, the teenagers want to go to Sephora or something, and, you know, <laughs> the Champs-Élysées, and the yeah. parents want to go to the museum. Yeah. So. Yeah. So you have a website called Secrets of Paris, mm-hmm. and that was one thing that initially, for lack of a better word, attracted me to you, because it was actually real information. 
it wasn't like, well, I noticed on your blog, you started talking more about people writing about Paris and giving out information that's not necessarily helpful or accurate, mm -hmm. to be honest, yeah. to, be, to be polite. Yeah. And the theme of this podcast is going to be about how to be a tourist in Paris. Mm -hmm. And personally, I don't think it's bad to be a tourist. People say, I don't want people to think I'm a tourist. I want to live like a local. It's like, well, actually, you don't want to live like a local. No. You want to stay at a hotel. No. You want the waiter to speak English to you. Yeah. You don't want to have to go return your cable box. You exactly. Want... <laughs> I was going to say, I'm like, all the, the only thing the locals can think of is like, I want to be a tourist. I want to get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, if they actually knew. Maybe that's the next book. We're going to have to be like, what it's actually like to live. Well, I mean, they should know if they read your books. They know mm -hmm. what it's like being a local. I don't, I think that's like a bizarre myth that people didn't really think through. Well, I uh, think it's been a marketing thing. You yes. know, how's it? A lot of companies say like, come to Paris and live like a local. Mm -hmm. And when, as anybody knows who stays in like a rental apartment, even like you get the key, you use the apartment. It's great. You have a great time and then you leave. Yeah. When you're at home. Yeah. You got you. Yeah. Like, well, I mean, yeah, they're not like, they're not commuting to work. They're they're not like fighting to do their grocery shopping the same two hours that everybody else yeah. is doing it on the weekends. So sometimes with my friends here, I'll say to them, let's play tourists today. You know, I'll say to you, like, let's go play tourists in. Like, let's go take a walk on the set. Oh, yeah. Well, my partner, Fred, I mean, he was born in Paris mm -hmm. and, you know, and then he lived in the, he's been living in the suburbs for a while. And when he comes into Paris with me and I drag him around and make him test things with me, he absolutely loves it. I think he loves doing it more than me because, yeah, yeah he's just, he's like, well, this is really funny. He's like, I can see why people like coming to Paris. <laughs> yeah, well, Roman was also born in Paris, my mm -hmm. partner. Yeah. And he or his friends are like, where should we go and get, where can we go get this? What's a good bistro? And they don't know because yeah. it's not their thing, but we know sort of. But things change fast here. Very fast, yes. And... I mean, you've had your website since mm -hmm. 1999, and mm -hmm. you do update the info. Mm -hmm. But I was looking at it today, and there's you have a lot of info. I have way too much information. Um, well, yeah. actually, it's not too much. Oh, good. Because you have a whole thing <laughs> on, you know, safety for women, mm -hmm. what to do if you get pickpocketed, how to ride the metro. And that kind of information is actually very useful as mm -hmm. long as it's accurate. Yes, that's true. And it's funny because um, I was just thinking... Last week, I needed to update the Paris Metro stuff again. I mean, that, you do have to update that almost every six months, if not at least every year, because they keep changing. Well, the prices are always going to change, but yeah. they, they change the kind of passes that are available and how they work. And yeah. the Velib information keeps changing, and that's so hard to check. Yeah. It's hard to yeah. check it sometimes because I, my experience as a resident is very different from experience as a tourist. And some of these things weren't meant to be for tourists. So mm -hmm. it's also that. Like, so I found out by accident from our friend Cynthia, who uh, is American, and she comes over and spends a while. But she said, she's like, you know, they, they take 300 euros deposit on your card. Yes, for, you a a, for a U.S. Yeah. card. Not for a European card, but yeah, oh. for the U.S. They just deduct it, and then they return it. She's like, but if you're trying to keep the bike for, like, multiple, you know, weeks, she's mm -hmm. like, it starts adding up where you've got more taken out than have been reimbursed, and you can't keep track. So she's like, you might want to recommend people just rent a bike somewhere at a bike shop. Well, people have asked me about, because now they're going ticketless with the Metro. Yes. And it used to be you went with your credit card or oh, you yeah. could buy at the cash at mm -hmm. the window a book of tickets at Carnet or you yeah. could buy a week-long pass or a month pass. And now it's all machine. The people at the ticket windows don't take money. 
mm-hmm. in most of the stations. So True. how does it work? Just Because I have a Navigo pass. It's a card. And someone's like, well, do they send it to you? I was like, you know, I don't remember. Oh, the Navigo. Well, so there's a few different Navigos. And uh, the one that the tourists... Which is confusing. Yeah, very confusing. <laughs> I think it's the easy Navigo that the tourists use. Or maybe it's the Découverte. Maybe. Oh, gosh. See? Yeah, so there, yeah, cause there's one of them. So one of them, uh, it bills you at the end of the month on how much you've used it. Okay. That might be the easy Navigo. And this is the one I was considering getting. But that's like for not for tourists. That's, no, that's for residents and it has your photo on okay. it. And obviously it's tied to your bank account. And then the, I think it's the Découverte is for tourists. And that one, you just load it with mm-hmm. tickets and then pay as you go. And that's the one I'm actually using now. It's super easy because you can also give it to other people. You can't have two people go through at once. At the same time. Yeah, okay. at the same. Uh, I kind of like the tickets, even though they were a waste of paper, Gosh, and they started getting demagnetized. Very easily, we already, yeah. They're like, don't store it like next to your wallet, in or, your wallet. Or next to your keys, yeah. or next to your phone. Or if you're drinking coffee, yeah. or if, you, yeah, you're, <laughs> if you're standing like... too close to a microwave. <laughs> no, I mean, I think, I think like half of my, because I still have the tickets. You know, I had Carnet mm-hmm. for the airport. You know, going back and forth. I still have those, but I yeah. think they still work, though. Oh, well, that's the thing. Like, mine, like, every single time I go, I have to make sure I'm at a turnstile where there's a window just in case it doesn't work. Because I feel like okay. half of them demagnetize. Oh, okay. Yeah. I never thought. I have a few. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I could do, every once in a while, I just, if I have a pile, I'll just go to the window and be like, can you check these? And she'll check them. And she's like, why don't you just get the card? I'm like, I'm, as soon as I'm done using all these apps, I will get a card. But I don't think you can put the... <laughs> Airport tickets on the Daycare. That's the I other, don't think so. That's I think the other confusion it, yeah. thing is like what you can put on those cards because they are still transferring it over. Mm-hmm. So I feel bad for the tourists, but we're just as confused. And, yeah, we're uh, confused, but we just were used to it. <laughs> They're like, <laughs> they want to know how it works. So how do you recommend people come in from the airport? Because I've had people oh, say, you know, how do we get it? What's the best way? And mm-hmm. it used to be kind of to be blunt, scary, mm-hmm. yeah, because the taxis weren't regulated. Yeah, um, you'd get a you'd get a quote unquote tour of Paris, even if you didn't want one. Um, well, I mean, yeah, the taxis are actually really good because they are flat rate, no matter how many people are in there. So, right. if, depending on what side of town you're on. Yes, yeah. Well, yeah, it's a flat rate for right bank or left bank from which mm-hmm. airport. And um, I've also used if you have Uber on your phone already. We don't have mm-hmm. Lyft in France, but we have Uber, so it automatically will transfer over so you can use it here as well okay but uh they there's like a space at the airport that's supposed to be for vtc yeah VTC? okay yeah I've four never of them seen but that. the ubers don't want to use it because apparently they have to pay a fee to okay. pick you up there so they ask you to pick up in the drop-off area like they they'll tell you like yeah. you book it and then they'll call you and be like go to this gate and go outside and i'll be there yeah. and then you see all these people standing there I, but i did that and i walked out there and then they canceled me uh-huh. Like they, he canceled the ride, and then when I went to like find another Uber, it was twice as much. Yeah, because it was uh, what do you call surge pricing. So I went back to the taxi stand, and it was a huge line. But and this was at Orly, and everybody's smoking and lights. Yeah, <laughs> they had a cigarette in two yeah, hours. But you know, they have like little benches there, so you can mm-hmm. sit if you oh, wow, feel like okay. standing. But it actually moved really, really fast. So um, well, what's interesting also like when you take like Uber or something in mm-hmm. front, like at the airport, when you try to get one, they call you. Yeah. If you don't speak French, even if you do, sometimes it's hard to understand because you've been jet lagged. Yeah. They're like, go up the stairs to section E, then take a left. Yeah. And I'm like, so I would say Oof. just go for the taxi. Unless, I mean, if you, because yeah, normally the RER is the fastest if you're not in a hurry because it could get. Well, there, there used to be a lot of pickpockets on um, yeah. RERB. Yeah. Was that still the case? I think there's always a lot of pickpockets in Paris. Mm-hmm. And also, I mean, if you get the non direct 
train. It's going to stop at every stop between yes. Paris and yeah. the airport, which is not the nicest part of town. Suburbs. It's the scary suburbs. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know when the last time is somebody's jumped off an RER with your suitcase, but I wouldn't. Yeah. Because most Americans have come in on those early flights, too. So you're jet lagged. Yeah. And they know it. So. Well, I did once see somebody yeah. had their suitcase by the doors and they stopped in some town. And as the doors were shutting, somebody reached in to grab the suitcase and the people like, you know, hit the head. There was like these Whacked hands in. in the door. And oh, it man. doesn't happen often, but it does enough to make me tell people, you know, yeah, it's really easy to take it. The, the taxi, like I took a taxi last time I came back into mm-hmm. France. I took a G7. G7 is a very good taxi company. Yeah. Do you have a chance to take it? If you take a taxi in France or in Paris, G7 is good, yeah. Yeah. mostly. And I, they have an app, so it works like they have an Uber, app. Which yeah. just so you can see where they are. And the guy was like yeah. hyper polite. I tipped him. We'll talk about tipping in Ooh. a minute. I gave him a few euros. Uh-huh. He was delighted. Yes. They get so excited even if you just yeah. give me a euro these days. And on the, on the ride home, he's like, you're so nice. Where are you from? I'm like, here. He's like, no, where are you from? I'm like, here. <laughs> but a little it's nicest the, goes a long way in yeah, Paris. Yeah, it does. Well, I'm, you know, the taxis used to be famously rude, but then the Ubers came in and gave them competition, and now they're much, much nicer. Yeah, they saw their livelihood go away. Yeah. So a lot of people have said to me over the years, and there's some myth. Or is it reality that French people don't like Americans? Oh, that's like saying Americans don't like French people. I mean, there's a lot of French people and there's a lot of Americans. So, mm-hmm. yeah, so I'm sure it's true for somebody. Yeah, I would say in general, no. I mean, look at how popular American culture, American food, American mm-hmm. music. Sneakers. Yeah. Sneakers. Do you yeah. remember when you couldn't wear sneakers and like... <laughs> It was a risky, it was like... Yeah, I think Pumas were okay when I was a student. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of like the like the wrestling shoes, almost like flat, like not the big padded running mm-hmm. shoes that we see. But I mean, running was also weird when I was a yeah. student. Back in 1995, if somebody was running, you would look to see if someone was chasing them. Mm-hmm. So it was just so weird. Well, I do Pilates and we take off our shoes and mm-hmm. we put them in these cubby holes. <laughs> it's funny, I go there... And I'm not exaggerating. There's like 20 to 30 pairs of shoes in the studio. Yeah. They have several different, of, and they're all sneakers. All they're sneakers, all yeah. white, puffy sneakers that everyone, we were all told not to not wear to in wear. France. Yeah. Don't wear jeans. Don't wear puffy sneakers. God. But well, you, uh, Yeah, even in 95, though. I mean, I feel like that was already, maybe it was true if you lived in the 16th arrondissement or you were a diplomat. It makes me think of, because um, I was just, I was just telling somebody about this book. So Polly Platt. Uh, oh, yeah. Wow. The late, That's a blast the late the Polly Platt wrote French or Faux. She wrote a few other books, but that was like the first book for a kind of cross-cultural. Yes. And it was a good book. It was a good book. And it was, you know, she was, a, I believe, a diplomat's wife uh, living, I think, uh, in the seventh there on Desmond to Paris. Oh, and okay. Had to entertain. And, and, you know, they made a, when I was a student, they made us all get it before we left. And so obviously not the same. It's not really applicable for students. But it did help sure. prepare me for like, yeah, people don't smile at each other on the street. They don't, you know. And women don't smile at men. Like yeah. if a man smiles exactly. at you. Exactly. You, you talk wanna, about that on your website. Yes, unless you want him to come home with you, do not smile back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and it's funny because I've been here 20 years and when yeah. people smile at me, I'm a little like, what? It's probably because they recognize you at this point. No. Oh, yeah. Or it's just, yeah, it's weird. It's yeah. strange. Oh, you and I were walking once and there was a big crowd of French-speaking people on the sidewalk. Do you remember that? And they all moved out of the way so we could walk through them. It was like a tour group or something. Oh, okay. And we got through the whole group and then we turned around to each other and we're like, not Parisians. Because <laughs> they were all smiling. <laughs> ah, and they didn't, and, and they, they moved. moved. Yeah. And they moved. So it was like, yeah, they must either be from the 
you know, the countryside or from another French-speaking country. But Well, that's, you know, speaking of tourism, you do have a thing on your website mm-hmm. about if you're a woman and a man starts talking to you on the subway mm-hmm. and you're yeah. a little wary of his intentions, yeah. don't respond because then they hear your accent. Accent, and that gives them more, uh, yeah, they feel more confident to uh, keep yeah. talking. Yeah. I mean, honestly. And we tend to be... Like, Americans tend to be very nice in spite yes. of, you know. Yeah, and we're taught to be polite. Yeah, even. we're Especially like, excuse they, me, I'm not yeah. interested. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, I don't want to be mean. And, you yeah. know, I mean, I, I hate to point this out, too, but I feel like when you live in the United States, and I lived in, you know, Minneapolis and Phoenix and, well, from Philly, but I do feel like, unfortunately, you have to de-escalate all the time. Like, so even if you're trying to kind of blow somebody off, you have to do it in a polite way because... Yeah, because violence can happen, and everybody's now. Armed, every, yeah, and everybody's armed <laughs> now. <laughs> now. It never used to be. I know, yeah. So, but I do feel like uh, in France, you don't. Yeah, someone might yell at you or something, but I on the street, if you kind of you know blow them off, but I don't. I don't feel that same fear that yeah, I I need to you know. I mean, obviously, like I'm, I'm like this little skinny girl. You know, I'm, I probably can't overpower any man uh, on this. No, street. but we were once. You and I were once walking up. I think it was in the 18th. Mm-hmm. We went to a restaurant, and on the way back, I said, "I like this neighborhood. It's kind of interesting." And you said, "Well, I wouldn't feel comfortable living here, yeah. and I wouldn't feel comfortable walking around." I said, "Really?" Mm-hmm. And you said, "Well, you're not a single woman alone." Yeah, yeah. and it is different. You don't see those. I know in Italy, mm-hmm. like my friends who are women have said, "Yo." Taking the bus, you know, you, there's a lot of wandering hands, shall we say. <laughs> and it's kind of, we like, I've never yeah. had that. In San Francisco, that happened because, yeah. you know, it was all. Yeah, yeah, of course. People did it on purpose. Yeah. But, you know, in Italy, it was all, you know. And I've had that happen here. I mean, it's a long time. I it's, think it's when, when I was, obviously, I was, I was 20 when I first arrived. Mm. So I think, and I, I had that. I didn't know how people could tell it was American now. It seems quite obvious. So yeah. like the clothes. The hair, yeah. the big smile on my face all the time. And your boyfriend, who's a police officer. Yeah, well, now, yes, now. That helps. That helps. Actually, yes, the last, the, when I was a student, I'd get, yeah, touched all the time, and I've Ooh. been pickpocketed. But, yeah, the last time I was, uh, had anything, somebody tried to take my bag on the metro, and they didn't realize that the guy next to me was a policeman. Oh, that's great, because I never, I always wonder why they don't have, like, plainclothes they, police. They do, and I've seen yeah. them catch people, too. So when yeah. I was, uh, I, I started off being a tour guide for uh, student tours, EF tours. And mm-hmm. So it's like 40, 16-year-olds, and we would take the metro. And uh, there was one, and we have some parent chaperones, and one of them was a father, and he would make sure he'd get kind of up on in the metro last to make sure all of us were on. Mm-hmm. And it, it happened so fast. I just remember he got on, and then suddenly there was a wallet and a passport, like, on the floor of the metro in front of us, and then a guy standing there who had him by the ankles and another guy on the platform oh. pulling him off. And then the doors closed, and, he, you know, he let go and was pulled off. And what we realized is that guy who had been a pickpocket, and he had, so, like, the wallet and the passport we're looking at was the father's. He's, ah. like, he's like, looking at it. He's like, huh, somebody lost their wallet. He's like, wait, that's my wallet. So the cop basically caught him in, you know, with his hands in his pockets mm-hmm. and then grabbed him to pull him off. And the guy let go of the wallet and the passport, but tried to grab onto his okay, legs. So the passport and the wallet were in the metro? In the metro. Oh, no, and the yeah. door shut. No, well, we were on the metro. Oh, okay, okay. Yes, okay. the guy was trying to grab it just before the doors closed, but the cop mm-hmm. got him instead. So they do catch people all the time. I mean, if you if you really want to follow, uh, you can follow them on Twitter at the Police de Paris, and they will, they, they post all the time. They're like, just caught somebody, you know, who had grabbed a woman's purse in the metro, and we got him and gave her purse back. So they, oh. they 
they do catch people. Do they have pictures? Uh, they don't share pictures. Oh. That would be kind of cool. Yeah, you? that would be better. <laughs> uh, that probably, and it's one cultural difference in France versus America. Mm-hmm. And this is just a very broad generalization. It's not true of everybody. But the French have a very unfavorable mm-hmm. view of the police. Mm-hmm. Whereas in America, we often are like, oh, they're here to protect us. And yeah. this is, that's a generalization Historic, yeah. historically. And for a lot white, of things have changed. People, yeah. yeah, there's a lot of, <laughs> There's a lot of caveats, but like when yeah. we go to New York, for example, where yeah. we're, we're in San Francisco, Rand and I, mm-hmm. the police will come in and have coffee at the next table, and we're like, hello. Yeah. Like, hi. And in France, like, no one would ever say hello to the no, police officer. No. Yeah, you don't, they don't, they don't tend to eat in public with their uniforms on. Mm-hmm. They, they don't go to or from work with their uniforms on, usually. Mm-hmm. Why is that? Because they're treated badly, and okay. it could also be unsafe. They, you almost will never... Uh, if you can, if you ever see one, take a photo. Um, you will never see a police officer in France walking in a uniform by themselves. They will always be at least two. Well, there's always four. Yeah, so, usually four, yeah. and that's for yeah. their safety. Okay, but I have to say, and I should maybe talk to your to Fred about this, your yeah. partner. I was like, I'll see like the meter. They're like reading the meters, or they're like somebody's in a cafe and they've like thrown their. I've never seen anyone get fined for throwing a cigarette by yeah, on the ground, yeah. even though it's a findable. I've never seen that in all the years I've been I here. Know. But I see like four police officers mm-hmm. seemingly doing something that seems like a minor infraction. That's not something that's going to get out of control. Yeah, I, I think it depends because there's so many different kinds of police. I'm sure mm-hmm. it's the same in the U.S. But there's because there's a municipal police and then there's the different brigades of police. So they have different okay. roles that they do. Okay. Well, so circling back to tourism, tourism we, we've, yes. you're not talking about police and crime <laughs> and pickpockets, which are interesting subjects yeah. as well. In it's a big France. city. It's a big city. Yeah. Just be aware of that. Yeah. Yeah. But you gave tours, Secrets Mm -hmm. of Paris tours Mm -hmm. for many years. And your website, you have a great newsletter. I have to say, I get a lot of newsletters. Mm -hmm. um, And it's great because you don't just have, here's what to do this month in Paris. Mm -hmm. It's like, this is a company that is doing sustainable dishwashing liquid. Yes, in glass bottles that they deliver by bicycle. Yeah, which is great. Um, (laughs) You recently had something about, oh, what was it? Oh, yeah, health healthcare center. Mm. You know, a lot of people come to Paris and maybe they get sick or they're Mm -hmm. whenever. And you can actually, there was a healthcare center that you said is open to the public. doctor's office, yeah. It's a doctor's office. It's 20 euros. They speak English. They speak four languages. Coffee. I've never seen that ever. (laughs) It's more, it's almost more like a clinic than a doctor's office. I brought my doctor cassoulet last time. She's like, oh, you make cassoulet. Please bring me some. (laughs) I bring her food. Yeah, no, I did try. I mean, because I found that the night before I had to leave on vacation. And I was like, "Mm," like, I don't know if I should fly like this. Like, do I have a chest infection or is it just Mm -hmm. like leftover bronchitis? And am I contagious? All this stuff. So I'm like, I should probably go see a doctor. And I think it was like two days before I left, but I couldn't see my generalist. And I was just mm-hmm. shocked to see. I'm like, like, what is this weird place that yeah. lets me book at 10 p.m.? Like, that's odd. Yeah. Like, but, super odd. But, you know, yeah. it worked and they were super nice. And I think as I heard them talking to somebody in the lobby while I was waiting with my coffee in the other room. But I think that they were saying that they're actually volunteers. That, oh, maybe. They're yeah, doctors. Yeah. yeah. And it's a low-cost mm-hmm. medical center, which mm-hmm. takes care of more people in the community. Because yeah. people think healthcare in France is free, but it's actually not. You do pay you do a pay. certain amount of money mm-hmm. for a doctor's appointment. Yeah. You pay a portion of your healthcare costs. And I remember a friend of mine from England told me he was shocked when he moved here. He's like, people were like paying, you know, you give the doctor your credit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you do get reimbursed. 
yeah, by the system, do, but it's yeah. still, there's cash. It's a cash mm-hmm. system. Oh, yeah. uh, but circling back to tourism once again, yeah. I do remember something you said to me once, because a lot of people say, oh, we're coming to Paris. We want to go to places off the beaten track. Where there are no tourists. Yes. So you <laughs> took people to a neighborhood, and I won't mention the neighborhood mm-hmm. because I don't want to shame anybody, yeah. but it was not in the center of Paris. Mm-hmm. And I remember you said to me, and I hope I can say this, mm-hmm. um, they said in the middle of the tour, can we go back to Paris? Yeah. Yeah. And I remember- and They were they, in Paris. They, we were in Paris. Yeah. And it was it was a particular weekend where there was there was a brocante going on, like a, like a neighborhood flea market. Plus, it was the Porte du Vert in Belleville. We were on the east side of Paris. Mm-hmm. Um, and this would have probably been in like 2006 or 2007. So it probably was still quite far off the tourist track. And then there was also something going on at the Canal Saint-Martin. So that, I was like, wow, there's all this really cool stuff off yeah. the beaten track and like, we're going to go. And I think we didn't even get to any of the atelier, the yeah. artist's atelier, because as soon as we came out of the metro and they saw all the towers, they were like, no, 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 we want to go back to Paris. Ah, okay. So they the saw towers the, of apartments, yeah, like, like the, the modern 1960s, towers. Yeah. yeah, the 1960s and 70s. And I'm like, oh, but they're really cute. They're like, you know, they're hidden mm-hmm. and they're super adorable, but you have to like walk through yeah. this to get to there. Well, people have asked me, they said, you know, we're looking for a restaurant that there's no tourists. I'm like, but you're a tourist. You want to go to a restaurant where there are no people. And like, then there will be tourists. Yeah, it's like, you don't necessarily want to go to a restaurant where, you know, they're not going to, you know, you don't want to go to like a truck stop out in the end of the periphery, yeah. you know, where they mm-hmm. might have like simple French food, but you might not feel comfortable yeah. there. But I often, you know, people are staying in tourist-friendly neighborhoods, mm-hmm. the ninth, the second, the sixth, mm-hmm. and so forth, the Marais. Yeah. It's like, well, how far do you want to take? Do you want to go out to the 15th? Do you want to go out to the 20th? But now, you know, the metro takes you everywhere. And I think people are more adventurous. Yeah. On the other hand, I'm like, well, how's your French? Mm-hmm. Um, most waiter, like I've never had a, I've never really met a mean waiter in Paris. You know, maybe a couple of times that someone was grouchy. But, yeah, yeah, a few grouchy ones, yeah. but yeah. But people sometimes will say, well, we were seated in the tourist section. And I'm like, well, because maybe one waiter speaks English and they put yeah. them all. Yeah, or maybe they think that that's the nice section. Yeah. It could be also, you know, we're going to put the yeah. tourists. There. And when I did chocolate tours, I remember somebody wasn't complaining about my tour, but somebody else's online. Yeah. Yeah. And they said, well, we were very shocked to stay only in the left bank. I was like, well, all the shops are like within walking distance. Yeah. And, you know, taking the metro from one shop and then, you know, taking the yeah. metro 20 yeah. minutes to another, you know, you're going to visit four shops in three hours, whereas in the yeah. left bank, you might visit seven or eight. That's true. I, I do try to ask people when they say things like, yeah, I want to go to a place that's not touristy and blah, blah. I'm like, you show them pictures. Click on the picture like, you want exact, place you want to go yeah, to. Yeah, what exactly is it you're looking for? Because like, mm-hmm. if you're looking for like extraordinary food that you think the locals are hiding from the tourists, first of all, that doesn't yeah. exist. <laughs> I have found them. You and I, we put them all on our websites. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. um, I mean, there's. There's plenty of places where the food's perfectly fine. And I think you even mentioned one over by kind of between me and, and Jardin des Plantes. Is it Agrum? I can't remember which one it is. It's it basically, it got written up in the New York Times. As what? This, oh. Yeah. Before or after, I. Oh, yeah. And, and everybody wanted to go there because mm. it's like, yeah, this little hole in the wall that had three course meal for like 25 euros. Yeah. And then people were complaining. They're like, it's just like, it's just a regular restaurant. Yeah. It's like, well, yeah, it's just a regular restaurant. But well, the locals French friend, like it. Yeah, well, a French friend of mine, when I moved here, she said, David, 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 you do not understand. We go out to eat to be with our friends, not for the food in France. That's true. And she was a cook. She taught cooking classes. Yeah. 
But it's true. And there was a period where the food was not great in France. It was mm. well known. It was noted in the media. Mm-hmm. There were people writing books about the decline of French cuisine. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then, you know, some people were like, oh, it's fake news or it's French. I don't I hate this term French bashing. I'm like, yeah. no, actually, a lot of the food was not good for a period. Mm. Yeah. And now it's amazing. Now yeah. it's like a great. Yeah, they definitely went it, through a, they went through a, a low period, I guess. And it's, it's so much better now. But also, I mean, it, it sounds so horrible to say, but. And I know a lot of Americans, depending on where you live, like mm-hmm. you might not have like your own little like cafe or or the place that you always go to. But imagine if you had your favorite little bistro, I don't know what it would be called in the States, like your little hole in the wall restaurant that you go to. And then suddenly you go there one night and there's like a group of German tourists or a group of Chinese tourists and they're in the best spot and everybody's like giving them all the attention and everything. And they've taken up all your space and they're noisy. Yeah. Do you really, you know, do you want to be that one for the French people? So, you know, you are, maybe the French people don't want tourists in every single corner right. of, I mean, I think most of them don't even care. Yeah. But, but yeah. Unless it's not, you're, well, it's also, I've noticed like the French are the loud people. It's not the, Amer- it used to be the Americans <laughs> were loud and like, we shush like French people, yeah. really, shush, like young people. Yeah, but but when I did tours, we used to bring, when I did a week long tour, we mm-hmm. had 10 people and we used to go to restaurants, mm-hmm. but we made sure we weren't going to impact the feeling of the restaurant, like yeah. they might have a private room because 10 people together tends it to be... takes up a lot know, of space. If you've ever sat yeah. at a table next to a group of people having their office party, you know, like, <laughs> you know, so a group of people on vacation. Yeah. Um, but we were careful. But there's a whole movement now about sustainable tourism. Mm-hmm. Can you talk a little bit about that or what it means to somebody who's maybe visiting Paris or France, for example? Oh, gosh, yeah, that's that's sort of a small can of worms. I think most people, when they, they're talking about it, they tend to be talking about places that are in nature that they're trying to preserve. So, like, I've never been to Thailand, but I'm thinking of the place uh, that the beach, the film was based on. Okay. That suddenly all these people went there and overrun it, and it's big, huge political. But you hear people talking about Venice and Rome, uh, about yeah, Italy. Barcelona, yeah. yeah. I guess in, in general, just to try to not overrun places with mm-hmm. tourists. So like to getting to the point where the locals are being pushed out. And, and I think, mm-hmm. but I'm not quite sure if that's the same idea as sustainable. Although, I mean, that's just kind of just being Well, there is, a, there is jerks. A, yeah. <laughs> I mean, the city of Paris, as yeah. you know, at mm-hmm. first they welcomed Airbnb with open arms. They oh, had yeah. a ceremony at City yeah. Hall and they were like, welcome to our city. Yeah. And now they're actively trying to thwart them well they have pretty much i I actually looked at their website recently just Uh to see what was in paris very few places for rent Mm. and they were expensive yeah it's almost better just to get a hotel at this point and well hotels have raised their rates too it used to be that's true yeah i mean i remember you know i sound like the grouchy old man but i remember you spelled you could find a hotel in paris it was like 100 120 euros a night Perfectly fine. It was yeah. perfectly fine. Yeah, yeah. No, it's true that it, it seems like we've lost that sort of seventy-five to one hundred and fifty euro yeah, yeah. hotel group. Now, maybe that's also when I was doing a lot of hotel reviews. That was like two thousand five to two thousand twelve. So, I know things have moved on. That was a while ago, but but all the, I mean, there used to always be budget hotels, and now it seems like they're all super luxury. But mm-hmm. on the other side, hostels are really up their game. So there's mm-hmm. a lot of like you know the the, the people. Even things like Mama Shelter and Citizen M, those are more like budget hotels that are stylish. But mm-hmm. they're still not. I mean, 
if you can't afford more than 75 a night, you're going to still be hurting a little bit. Yeah, and there's there, no so. way. There are no air. And the Airbnbs that I saw that mm-hmm. were like under 70 a night were very basic, shall basic. we say. Yeah, um, yeah. I'd, I'd rather just be in a youth hostel, honestly, for that. Well, now like, youth hostels have, and they don't even say youth hostel. I mean, yeah. you say homeostasis. Oh, hostel, yeah. But the hostel, because they have private rooms. And yeah. I know a nomadic mat. Who is a travel blogger mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and social media person who's a really nice guy mm-hmm. as well? He stays in hostels. He goes, people have this image of them being in bunk beds with a bunch of people who haven't taken showers <laughs> in a couple of weeks, but they have pri- some of them have private rooms. With most private of them bathrooms. do. Yeah, most do now. Yeah. And I think it's, um, it's a lot of fun to stay in them because they're really social, assuming mm-hmm. that you make an effort. You know, like the one, the people, which has a few locations in Paris, they're in that new building at Sully Marlon. Uh, oh yeah, and they, and they have the I think it's called the TT Palace. I think it's called. I wrote about it in one newsletter, but it's like this huge, kind of festive uh, restaurant and bar with mm-hmm. you know balcony views. I mean, it's views over Sully Marlon, like not mm-hmm. the most exciting views, but but yeah, it's nothing at all like the old the old hostels where it's just kind of like this crummy crummy place with no good lighting and so yeah. People ask me a lot who are coming to Paris. Mm-hmm. Um, I get a lot of questions from Paris. I just funnel them all to you. I'm like, <laughs> like I don't know. I stay, I stay home all day answering questions. I don't know mm-hmm. anything about Paris. People ask me what neighborhoods they should stay in. Oh. And it's very hard to tell. But if someone asked you that question, mm-hmm. what would you say? It depends. That's my answer for everything. It depends. <laughs> yeah, I was... I, Everybody likes really black and white answers, but... Is it, it, it depends with a period or a comma? <laughs> yeah. I mean, everybody's different. Again, like, how well do you know France? Do you like taking public transportation? Do you imagine mm-hmm. you're going to step out of your hotel room and see a bunch of little cafes and little cobblestone streets and little shops and stuff? Or do you imagine stepping out and it's all residential, like, nice, quiet housemen? You know, I'm thinking yeah. of the 16th. Or stepping out and Louis Vuitton is right there and all, you know, because like, the eighth is very different than the yeah. sixth. Or stepping out and there's like lots of young people hanging out at bars yeah. until four yeah. in the morning. Yeah, I mean, some that's, people would That's a real, that. yeah, that's yeah. a real, because people used to say, we want to stay somewhere fun. And I'm like, well, or people would say they want to stay in the Marais. Yeah. I'm like, well, the Marais is lovely, mm-hmm. but in the summer, the hotels probably don't have air conditioning. There's mm-hmm. a lot of noise on the street because yeah. a lot of pedestrians and people walking and drinking. Mm-hmm. And if you're going to be, be up loud. late every night drinking and having a good time, then yeah, maybe that's a great area for yeah. you. Or if you're a sound sleeper. So <laughs> traditionally, people say like the single digit RDs mods from like yeah. the one through the ninth. Mm-hmm. are the center of Paris where a mm-hmm. lot of people like to stay. But when people say we want to stay in the real Paris. Uh, as opposed to the imaginary Paris. Well, so like. I'm going to, I'm, I'm always, I always bristle mean, with that yeah. word. Well, I we mean, do too, but. I mean, yeah. We'll, we'll I'm, too, okay. Yeah. I and mean, I think what they mean is the average Parisian Paris, but I mean. This it, is your moment to clarify it. Yeah. Here we go. <laughs> the moment to clarify. Yeah. So. I live on the east side of Paris, and there's nothing touristy around me at all. So, quote unquote, I live in real Paris. You know, there's, mm-hmm. there's social housing in the neighborhood, there. but I don't like that because I mean, I have friends who live in Montmartre. I have friends who live on the Champs Elysees. Okay, mm-hmm. a friend <laughs> uh, in every neighborhood, and you know, maybe they were lucky to be able to afford or get an apartment in a neighborhood that's out of reach for most mm-hmm. average Parisians. But those are still 
there's still real, like somebody lives there. It's it's real mm-hmm. to somebody. Yeah, so it's you a real. Can, so it's, yeah, so I find I find and, yeah. that like a you know when you people talk about, I mean, to me, what they really mean is like I want to live in something that's not Disneyland. Um, mm-hmm. But then again, people like Disneyland. You yeah. know, like people seem to like the New Samaritan, even though it has. I, <laughs> Yeah. Um, even though it has well, like I, zero soul and character and they cut off the balcony to give it to the hotel next door. So, Well, I went into one of the grand magazines, the big department mm-hmm. stores on Boulevard Houseman, yeah. and I was so shocked. First of all, how crowded it was. It was like being at the airport during rush hour. Yeah. It was so unpleasant and it was hot and you could, it was like not enjoyable. Mm-hmm. It was exactly the reason, like, if you go shopping, you want to have like a pleasant experience. Yeah. And also... Another thing we'll get to in a minute, but I just want to, going back to neighbors, I always tell people yeah. stay in the ninth. Uh-huh. The ninth is centrally located, but it's very diverse. Mm-hmm. You can go in any direction. You can be in Montmartre. You can mm-hmm. be in Opera. It's very charming and mm-hmm. it's a real neighborhood. People still live there. Mm-hmm. It's not, hasn't Where is been. that? Yeah. Neighborhoods that have mostly residents in it. Yeah. That has like a residential. So there's actual like stores that their locals shop at, like food stores and yeah. stuff. And it's true that unfortunately... Because the Marais and Saint-Germain des Prés were quote-unquote real neighborhoods, so many people booked their, bought apartments to turn into Airbnbs, et cetera, that mm-hmm. now those two neighborhoods are almost devoid of residents. Yeah, like they, the Ile Saint-Louis is yes, empty. Exactly. And so, there's no servi- there are no services. There are no services, yeah. So all of those, um, you know, like the person I know who lives in Saint-Germain des Prés was the only person in his building who was a permanent resident. Right. The rest were all either... Rich people who came there once a year mm-hmm. or people who Airbnb'd it. So. Yeah, it's funny when I go to the Rue de Seine, mm-hmm. like now on the 6th, like yeah. everyone's speaking English. Like, <laughs> like, oh, where am I again? <laughs> where am I? Yeah. But, you know, I mean, that's, but and I don't still, mind now. I'll, I'll go to those neighborhoods, but I don't know any people who live in them because mm-hmm. there's just so few residents anymore. And yeah. that, that does, I mean, the Marais sometimes does feel a bit like a Disneyland where certain streets are all chain stores. Mm-hmm. And, so, yeah, I guess it, it, again, goes back. I think people like to say, like, you know, I'm not a tourist. I'm a traveler, and I want to see the real Paris. And it's like, yes, but do you also want to see pretty storefronts that you can Instagram? Because if Or do you want to go to into restaurants you feel comfortable with yeah. that are decent? Or do you want to, you know, a bunch of fat? Like, if you go to, when we were looking in apartments, mm-hmm. I went to the neighborhood Avril. Yeah. It's a very just basic working-class neighborhood. Yeah. And it's fine. Mm-hmm. But I said to one, I said, well, there's nothing here. Like all the stores sold like clothing on the street. Yeah. And uh, there weren't any like restaurants or mm. cafes that I would be interested in. Yeah. And I'm not a snob. Like I'm happy to eat at a kebab just stand. places that didn't look like you'd want to go and spend your money Yeah, there. it just didn't seem and like very interesting places. Taste. So we didn't get a place over there. Mm-hmm. But a big question tourists have, mm-hmm. and even some locals have, is tipping. And I've seen <laughs> a lot of information and I was even attacked online once for saying, I wrote a thing about tipping on my blog yeah. saying, the tip's included, but it's common to leave something extra. Yeah. And this woman wrote to me, she goes, well, I'm a waitress in Paris. And she, mm-hmm. uh, she goes- I'm pretty sure I know who she is, because oh. she's probably the same one that attacked me. <laughs> okay, and she goes, it's, she goes, it's common to leave 15 to 20%. No, I was like, not. okay. She's wishful thinking. So, yeah. So tell us about tipping in Paris. God, yeah. So our friend Forrest and I did a whole little podcast just about that. Well, you did, and I don't want to interrupt, but you said something really interesting there. You said they used to have tips in Paris. Yeah. So So talk about that. Yeah, before, yeah, I'd have to go back and reread my own article. Um, I can't remember exactly which year it was, but it was was quite recent, like in our lifetime. Mm -hmm. 
that the government realized that people were not able to live off of their tips so that it was an unfair system. Basically, everything we already know that's wrong with the tipping system. So they basically told restaurants, uh, they they basically got rid of tipping instead of wage system. So you Mm -hmm. have to pay a living wage. wage. And all the restaurants responded saying, well, then we're going to have to raise prices like 15% to be able to cover Mm -hmm. those wages. And so that's why it says, and they call it the service, they don't call it tipping, they call it service. So that's why it says the 15% service is included. Mm -hmm. So that sort of you know, made people realize, okay, so that's why the prices are higher, so we don't have to do that. But people apparently, from what I read, people actually paid the service and tipped. So they would kind of pay the 15 to 20 or whatever it was back then, and then they would also, like, leave an extra two for, I guess it would be the francs back then. It was probably five. So when they stopped doing the service, when they stopped paying for Mm -hmm. the waiter's salary, I guess— then people continued tipping, but it was it was literally going back to it being a tip, which uh-huh. is like if you feel like it. And I know French people that don't tip at all. Yes, ever. And it's not a bad thing not to no, tip. No, it's. No. I mean, it's, we're going to get, we'll get yeah, that person is going to write to us. <laughs> but I remember reading a New York Times article yeah. when they were discussing service compris in America, mm-hmm. and they said tips came to America from Europe. Mm. People had gone to Europe, and they oh, we want to be Europeans. So they started tipping in America. Mm, interesting. Which is a very interesting point of view. So when someone goes out to eat in Paris, mm-hmm. let's say, you know, you and I have lunch, mm-hmm. or a family of visitors yeah. come, yeah. Um, they have dinner. The kids are acting up. The waiter's super nice. <laughs> gives the kids some toys to play with or some soup or brings the kid out, holds okay. the mom with baby. Do you tip or not? If you want to. Because, yeah. again, there's nothing required. That's why it's a tip. Yeah. You know, it's not required. So, yeah, I mean, and I told people, like, you know, if the, if the waiter was taking his time to translate every single item on the menu for you and ask for special things on the side and, mm-hmm. and take made the effort to speak English and all that, sure, go ahead and tip them, but... Don't think it's required and definitely don't let that stop you from eating out. Because, like, somebody was just asking me about the Christmas meal at the Jules Verne and, you know, it's like yeah. 200 per person. And he said, he's like, he's like, what, what would be, are they going to be expecting an extra 100 tip? Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, they might be happy to get an extra 100 tip. 100 is that's not good. And so what that's, I've always been told well, and what I've well, seen. Well, it's good if you're a waiter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I said, I, I've always been told by every French person who I've grilled about it, who knows, they're like, you know, they're like it's two euros is considered a nice tip. Like, but if you did like a fancy meal, they're like, yeah, probably you'd probably leave a 20. But they're like, if you left 100, they're like, that would just yeah. be, that's like, you're just kind of obnoxious. And yeah, of course, they're going to take it. But that's, A, It'll it's considered thrilling. obnoxious, yeah. like throwing your money around. But also, it, it's it's not nice for the French people who can't afford to do that. So there's that, yeah. too. It's like French people don't want there to be tip inflation like yes. that, what's happened in the U.S., where they feel like, I can't eat out because in addition to this, I also have to, like, you know, yeah. do this or I'm an asshole. Excuse well, me. Well, when French. I brought my group one of my groups, we went mm-hmm. to a well-known restaurant in one of the train stations mm-hmm. in Paris. And at the end of the meal, we always tipped the waiters because we knew them. We'd bring guests yeah. back. And, you know, it was extra work for them. Mm-hmm. You know, people were like, what are we, oh, can I get this without, yeah. you know, salt? And so, you know, they were always very nice mm-hmm. to us. We had really great experiences. But the host came over to me and leaned over and he said, oh, by the way, in France, the tip isn't included. Ouch. Which is, I think, illegal. I'm not sure. Yeah, um, it is. You can't you can't say that for coat check or for, um, I think it's like theaters. There's like a rule that you can't, the people that seat you can't ask for a tip. Yeah. 
but you um, can get you give them two euros in theater should yeah, give them two euros yeah, yeah. Um, but but again like they can't ask they can't require that and say that they're not paid otherwise they have to pay them or not ask at all but what is kind of interesting when you were talking mm-hmm. to Forrest about tipping you said mm-hmm. the waiters decided they'd rather get a living wage than have to depend on tips yeah, yeah. and that was something that they decided yeah. But I, now I'm seeing it in butcher, and I think they've had this all the time. Yeah. They have like a little bowl at butcher shops. Oh. And if you say, can I get a leg of lamb and can you cut it into eight, you know, or take yeah. the bone out? And people might leave like a euro in there or 50 centimes. <laughs> Interesting. I don't go to the butcher, so I haven't seen that, but I haven't noticed. Uh, I mean, my my bakery doesn't charge for slicing bread, but I know some places, actually some places Ooh. will charge like 10 cents extra if you get it sliced for a little slicing machine. That well, might that, have been my the, old bakery. Well, the little slicing machines are not expensive, but there's this Swedish slicing machine because <laughs> a friend of mine had a bakery yeah. and he had it and he goes, look at this. <laughs> shaved the bread. You could do like a newspaper thin slice. He's like, that's amazing. That is amazing. But it also had a lot of safety things. It yeah. had, you know, you put the bread in and it didn't work unless they shut the door so you, nobody got hurt. And so forth. Interesting. So that was was trying to, yeah. No, I mean it's. uh, I think it it just comes down, especially again for Americans that we just like. Oh my god! But you know they're going to be starving. And this whoever it was, this person that emailed me and um, was kind of full on attack, saying like, and I said, I'm like these people, like they have to make at least minimum wage, like that's the law. Plus they get plus they get vacation and holidays. and that's included. And they, health and yeah. care and all of and that. And the restaurant or the business pays for an employee's health care. Yeah. The, they call yeah. it charges. Yeah, yeah. And the social charges, the, yeah. Um, which is generally a fairly hefty amount of money. Mm-hmm. It's not like... Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah it almost doubles. That's why it's so expensive to hire somebody in France because you also have to pay right. their social charges. That's why charges. restaurants only have like two or three people in the dining room versus America. Exactly. like 20. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so it was funny because her response was, but... How is a family, you know, supposed to support, you know, how's a person supposed to support their family on minimum wage? I'm like, well, that's another issue. I was like, what yeah. about teachers? What about, what about janitors? What about teachers? Yeah. What about the check, you know, like people who aren't, because, you know, if that's the case where we should feel sorry for everybody who has low wage jobs, we should be tipping everybody, right? Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. we don't. And one <laughs> so. of the nice things about France is that everybody's covered in the healthcare system. Yes. So, that's not a, an issue. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, it's not people don't have to worry about covering that cost, exactly. whether they're a janitor, a mm-hmm. restaurant worker, yeah. or for the dry cleaner, or a CEO of yeah. Louis Vuitton. You know, yeah. and if you, you know, and if you are like a, a, a family, family nombreuse, like if you have a lot of kids and you're low wage and all that, mm-hmm. there are there are social programs for that. So mm-hmm. everything the system in France helps people who are poor. So if the whole idea isn't that we all have to tip so that people aren't on the street. We don't mm-hmm. depend on individuals for that. We depend on the state to keep us off the street. Yes. And all of us contribute by paying taxes. So we're all paying taxes. That's why also people don't want to be tipping right and left because they're mm-hmm. like, you know, I pay already for yeah. everybody to, you know, not be starving and, you know, yeah. homeless th- if yeah. they get sick. I have to say since COVID, and France was very actually great about they paid 81% of a lot of people's salaries mm. during the COVID lockdowns. Yeah. But still, it kind of especially showed me, like, in America, all these tip P. I was like, mm-hmm. what are they going to do in America, these people that all get cash? Yeah. And I just yeah. felt like, oh, my God, I should start being a little more generous tipping here. Mm. And once I agree with you mm. that it's included. And Roman was often, I'm like, Roman, I don't have any change. Oh, my God, what am I going to do? Because <laughs> you don't want to leave, like, five euros on, like, a 20-euro that it is kind of considered, yeah. Yeah. it's not vulgar, but 
what would, I don't know what the right word in yeah, France would be. Yeah, it's a little show-offy in a yeah. way. Because, I mean, they're also they're just the mentality of the service industry. In the U.S., it's like the customer's always right, whereas the service industry in France comes from having servants. Mm-hmm. So there was always this, like, yes. you know, you are it's the servant and the master. and and The, the domestic. Yes, yeah. the domestique, yeah. And so, you know, like and they, the, ma- the whole thing now is that, you know, in the service industry that they, they are not servants and right. they want their dignity and yeah. they don't have to, like, kiss people's butts for yeah. tips, you know. So well, I always tell people when you go out to eat in France— mm-hmm. Sound like America, mm-hmm. pretend you're in somebody's home and mm-hmm. treat the people like that. Mm-hmm. They're not there to you know, like serve you. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're there to serve you, but not to service yeah, you. They're yeah. not there to, you know, and yeah. then people are, act, you know, I have to give a lot of credit. A lot of people criticize the French for being rude and so forth. Mm-hmm. But the young generation, especially right now, they're really helpful and friendly. You go to a yeah. restaurant and they're like, they want to help you and they want to tell you about the wine, even if sometimes they don't know about it, but they'll talk to you and... <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's a different I think, generation. I think things have changed a lot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So people shouldn't be worried. And again, like you know, I know you've you've uh, maybe want to talk more about tipping, but I do I do want to circle back to being tourists too, because I do think that people think that you shouldn't be a tourist. And and I don't. First of all, like if you're if you're traveling somewhere and you're not there for business, mm-hmm. you're a tourist. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. it's like just suck it up. Uh, and there's there is nothing wrong with it. There's just like there's like you know, jerk Americans and jerk French people. There's also jerk tourists, you know. It's yeah. just, there's always going to be the jerky ones. Just try not to be that one. There was a really funny, like, Muppets thing. It wasn't really Muppets for New York, where it was like, how not to be a jerk on the subway. Mm-hmm. I don't know, it was like, just how not to be yeah. a tourist jerk. I think that was, it's like, I'm a tourist, I'm a jerk. Well, I always tell people, like, if you don't want people to know you're a tourist, walk into them. Like, do not move. Because, <laughs> like, I, my friends come to visit from America, they're like, oh, excuse me, sir, excuse me. Oh, oh, pardon me. Don't they're getting out of the yourself. way people, I'm like, yeah. Don't get out of the way. Oh, yeah. There's like a, I, just on my way here, I had, you know, my big plant I'm carrying and I, I want to catch they this metro. You're they, carrying well, a refrigerator. Well, there's, like a, there's a very specific thing, though, that drives me nuts. It's when the person gets on the metro in front of you and stops right uh, inside the door. Yeah. I'm like, there's other people trying to get on. I'm like, yeah. It's like the people that stop at the bottom of escalators. Oh, You're yeah. like, we're coming down. I know, I know, we're coming <laughs> down. But it's funny because I was just telling Fred about the because Polly Platt, I'm pretty sure it was her book in French or Faux, where she talks about, she's like, French people don't apologize, right? Which is, that's changed a lot too, I think. Or again, maybe in her certain social circles, that was seen as weird. But the example was that she had a woman over and the woman spilled a bit of her red wine on Polly's beige sofa. And she's like, well, in America, you'd whip out your checkbook and be like, oh, I'm so sorry. I will yeah. pay for it to be clean. And the woman just kind of looked at herself and like, beige is a very strange color for a sofa. However, def- <laughs> deflect. Yeah. Deflect, yeah. Deflect, and I'm like, deflect. okay, yeah. And again, like. C'est pas ma faute. Exactly. It's not my fault. It's not That's my a fault. very, c'est pas moi. Yeah. Well, and that I mean, was always the reason people left their dog droppings, they throw <laughs> trash in the street. It's like, it's not my, c'est pas mon rule. Yeah, not it's my, not my job. Not my not job. My job. So I, I think the mentality's changed a lot, but. Mm. But going back to like, you know, just embrace being a tourist. And again, like the best places to go are places where the tourism industry is there to welcome you Mm -hmm. and to have services for you and to speak English and to make things easier for you. And why would you want to reject that to go and live like a local and have to like slog through it like the locals do? Do you want to, like, a local return my—I just returned my cable box, and it was like, oh, my God. You know, mine uh, just went up in price, and I was thinking, I was like, oh, if I change providers, I can save, like, 20 bucks a month, except that I'd have to return my box. And literally, I'm just going to pay 20 more a month because I don't um, want to change. 
Well, mine, when I returned it, it, it was 49 euros I had to pay oh. to return it. To, it was like a, a fee. It wasn't the postage. Oh, that's weird. And I was like, in America, when I quit my internet, they were like, oh, on the phone, they were like, we're so sorry to see you go as a valued yeah. customer. Well, yeah, that's why, but that's so why like, you're new, and I hope yours did, but usually the new one you get will pay for that. Like, they will reimburse on any well, fees. Because yeah. I, when I moved, I kept the same company, but there was an overlap, so mm-hmm. I started service here. Yeah. And I said, can I, is there a way to give her? And they're like, no. No. But no. they've actually, the customer service is good. They respond within like 10 minutes. Yeah. They might chat and yeah. it's very slow. But <laughs> what happened was when we moved into our apartment, the guy came over and he was, we were really nice to him. Mm-hmm. So he gave us his mobile number. Oh. And it pays to be nice in France. Oh, yeah. Let me tell you. Oh, yeah. He gave us his mobile. He goes, if you have any problems, just call me. Don't <laughs> go through and I'll just come <laughs> over. No problem. And same with the guy who fixed my stove. Oh, good. He, uh, I gave him a jar of jam because it was super nice. Yeah. And then he came like seven times. Seven times. He was so into coming over wanted, here. Wanted more jam. Maybe. I was like, do you yeah. want coffee? He's like, wait. I was like, let's go in the backyard and hang out. See, that's, I mean, yeah, they treat people like they're humans. and not, Yeah. But same thing. I mean, you know, again, like it, the tourism industry, as much as there's a lot of sliminess in there, I think. A lot of companies want to just figure out a way to make money off of tourists. So that's, yeah. I mean, and that's what I try to help people avoid is like where they're paying unnecessarily. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, yeah, I mean, if if there's restaurants that are used to having tourists, it's going to be more comfortable for you. They they might take American Express and they yeah. will have an English version of the menu for you. And, you know, that's not, that's not something to be, yeah. you know, to feel like, oh, it must be bad because they're nice yeah. to the tourists. Well, when people have, people often say, like, you should learn some phrases in the language and menus with English are bad. I was in Vietnam and all the menus have English because otherwise you don't, you know, unless you speak, yeah. it's very hard to understand yeah. Yeah. what they are. And, they, you know, it's, it's easier for the restaurant. Mm-hmm. And same in France. Like, I, there are some restaurants I go to that are good. And they do the menu in French, but English is underneath. Yeah. And it actually helps the waiter because people are sitting there like, what's this? What's this? Exactly. What's, what's surfa? And the waiter's like, exactly. oh, yeah. churvel. You know, they don't oh, know the f- it, translation. It helped me when I was a guide because also like sometimes yeah. I'm like, well, I know. But, you know, because it depends. So sometimes the restaurant will have like, depending on the restaurant, they'll have something totally vague like, yeah. you know, a buff a la blah, 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 blah. And yeah. you're like, and it's some town, like the way they did it. And so like, I'm, you know, I would tell them like, well, I know it's beef, but I have no idea what the format is because yeah. I don't know what the a la something Well, I know is. visitors <laughs> also like to know how it's going to be prepared. I'm like, oh, it's like a steak. And they go, well, is it going to be grilled? Is it going to be saute? <laughs> and a lot of times like, I, I don't know. I can ask, but oh, man. it's, you know, so people yeah. have a lot of questions, but I have to say your website, secretsofparis.com, is really helpful. And as I mentioned earlier in the podcast, people should subscribe to your newsletter and they can subscribe through your website, mm-hmm. secretsofparis.com. Yeah. You also have a steady on um, Steady, which is a platform. You have a Secrets of Paris community. Yeah. And people can meet up with you. You do meetups online. I do um, special videos. Special videos just for them. I write about my road trips. So your basically I write trips. about my vacation with my French family and Riding around okay, France. Well, yeah, which I never used to do before because it was like with Secrets of Paris. I'm like, I'm on vacation. I'm not writing about my vacation. But Well, you have the best boyfriend ever. When I <laughs> when I met him, I came home and I said, you know, 
I just met the, I told him, I was like, I just met the man of my dreams. He's Aww. like, he's like, what? <laughs> I was like, he's taken. That's fine. He loves he's, you guys too. He's just yeah. a really you nice guy. You should have guy. him over. He practices English. Yeah, yeah no, he's great. Um, and he, it's very interesting meeting a police officer mm-hmm. also in France because yeah. as we talked about earlier, they're sometimes not especially appreciated yeah. by people. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's another discussion for another yeah. day. Yeah. But he's a, you have a wonderful you got a wonderful one. I think people like that because I don't mention my personal life at all in, in the regular Secrets of Paris, but in the community, I feel a little bit less, like it's less yeah. weird to be so super exposed. So yeah, like Fred, Fred will do little videos with me and, mm-hmm. and chat in his franglais. And I think people like him better than me, actually. So yeah, that's like with Romain. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, when I started like, adding him to videos, everyone's like, where's Romain? I'm like, where are we all Romain? Oh, yeah. No, it's true. And it, I mean, it's, it's, uh, I think that's also what people, they want to actually have more interactions, but they need mm-hmm. that, you know, like they want to interact, but they also need the safety rails a little bit. So, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, obviously there's tons of French blogs out there they could follow, but, you know. Yeah, they you have to speak French. You have to speak French, yeah. exactly, yeah. Well, but, that's why I have a paid version of my newsletter um, and free with mm-hmm. davidlebovitz.substack.com. And there's both versions because mm-hmm. some people don't want to pay, which is fine. Or yeah. They, yeah. They're fine getting some content. But I do post more stuff that is personal mm-hmm. on the paid version. Yeah. And it's fun. It's fun yeah. watching like how your apartment got all decorated. And yeah. Yes. What what I should not do if I ever remodel. <laughs> well, I told, you know, because I wrote a book about my remodeling, mm-hmm. as you know, La yeah. Pout. And I said to several people this time, I said, you don't want to be in my next book. And they're like, what are you talking about? It's <laughs> like... Just do a good job. Do a good job. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for being on the podcast. It was oh. great to see you. Welcome thanks, to my Dave. apartment again. This yeah. is our little recording studio. Heather Stimler is at secretsofparis.com. She has a lot of tour information. She has a steady group, Secrets of Paris community. And I do encourage you to subscribe to her newsletter. I'm going to put all this information in the post in my newsletter on Substack. So you'll be able to get all the links there. And you can contact Heather, which is also on Instagram, at Secrets of Paris. Yeah. I don't post super often, but yeah, it's fun. I like Instagram. Well, you post when you have something to say, (laughs) which is good. Good. All right. Well, thanks, everyone, for listening. I'm happy that you tuned in, and I appreciate your stopping by, and hope you have a good day. Bye-bye. Thanks.